Under Pressure Divecast, Episode 3, Diving on the Go. Hi, and welcome to the Under Pressure Divecast. My name is Stephen Krause, or as my dive buddies call me, Scuba Steve. Scuba diving is a fun and exciting adventure sport that can be enjoyed by an individual or by the entire family. Not just some other individual, not just some other family. You can be a diver. You can be a family of divers. The Under Pressure Divecast is a free podcast dedicated to promoting and discussing recreational scuba diving and is a companion to the Under Pressure Dive blog. This divecast is not just a resource for scuba divers. It provides scuba content for anyone who is interested in scuba diving or in the underwater world. Each week, we'll be talking about a topic related to recreational scuba diving. It might be anything from new gear, to diving adventures, to diving etiquette, to common scuba questions, conservation, interviews, or anything else related to the sport of scuba diving. So come diving with me. Hey Dive Buddies, Scuba Steve here. This week on the Under Pressure Divecast, we're going to talk about diving on the go. What are some of the considerations that we have to take into account when we're going to travel and dive at the same time? And we'll talk about four tips that can make your travel and dive adventures a little bit easier. In the Gear Junkies Garage section, we're going to talk about a magnetic hose holder clip that you can buy probably from your local dive shop, or if you can't, find it there. You might find it at several web retailers. For those of you who follow the Under Pressure Dive blog, you'll have noticed that uh, one of the recent articles I did was Dive Destinations of Opportunity, where I talked about destinations where you might not be going just to dive or because of diving, but you find yourself there and realize there's a dive opportunity that uh, you weren't prepared to take. And I talked a little bit about how we can take advantage of those opportunities. Well, today in the Divecast, I wanted to talk about traveling and diving and how we can make our dive traveling easier and uh, get the most out of those kind of opportunities, including the ones that are destinations of opportunity. So far in my diving career, I've been to five countries and only one of those trips was actually a designated dive trip, and that was my trip in 2005 to Bonaire. So I've, I've had quite a bit of experience, actually, with diving uh, on vacation when diving was not the point of the trip. And I want to talk a little bit about that experience because I think it, it gives us all an opportunity to dive more and in places where we might not otherwise uh, make a dive. So my first, my first dive trip was actually to Australia, to Cairns, where I dove with a, uh, on a liverboard called Down Under Dive. And this was actually a side trip for a month-long excursion to Australia and Tasmania that I did with my dad in uh, 2000 and, uh, 2002. And so, the, again, this was not the primary purpose of the trip. Uh, The next time I dove uh, away from home was actually the dive in Bonaire in 2005, and that was a week-long or 10-day trip uh, specifically dedicated to scuba diving, and and Bonaire, if you haven't been there, is a fantastic dive location, and and certainly I recommend it. 
So following that, I dove in Catalina while I was on a trip to see my, uh, for my sister's wedding and did a dive day uh, authorized by the bride, uh, did a dive day uh, in uh, the Catalina area on Anacapa. Uh, following that, I did some diving in Turks and Caicos uh, during my own wedding, which was also authorized by the bride. And uh, finally, this last trip that I did, my wife and I were in Puerto Vallarta, and we did a couple of days of diving out there. But again, uh, the primary purpose of the trip was just to spend some time with uh, my wife and her sisters. And we got some dive days in, and they were fantastic. Um, But it wasn't the primary purpose of the trip. And so the rationale of hauling all our gear out to... uh, do a couple of dives, you know, that's an excuse that we might use not to do it. And I really recommend that people find a way to make that, to, to overcome that excuse, because it, it prevents us from having a dive opportunity. And uh, we, you never know what that dive is going to be, where, where you're going to see just that, that one thing, that whale shark or that jellyfish or whatever it is that, that interests you. The way I look at it, there's about three kinds of diving trips. There's specific dive trips where the entire purpose of the trip is to scuba dive. And uh, that's pretty easy. Obviously, you pack your gear and you go and, and you get some great diving in. The second is a dive trip where diving is a planned activity, but it's one of many. And that's a, that trip, uh, the, our tr- recent trip to Puerto Vallarta, we knew that we were going to do some diving. And uh, so it was pretty easy to plan uh, what equipment to take and, and, uh, and, and have the expectation that we were going to take our dive gear. The next kind of trip is that trip where diving isn't part of the plan. And that's where I think most divers or many divers are not taking their gear. And, and I'm certainly guilty of this myself. And that is where we say, okay, I'm going to California to go to our corporate headquarters and I'm not going to dive. I'm going for customer meets or uh, a conference or to visit our headquarters or something like that. And we don't say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack my gear and go. Um, part of it is the airlines are a pain nowadays. Uh, to be honest, it's difficult because it char- they charge more for, for uh, uh, checked baggage. And uh, even some airlines are charging for carry-on. So uh, you know, I understand the, the resistance to wanting to, to carry extra gear, especially when you're not sure you're going to be able to use it. Um, but that's something that I think as, as scuba divers, we're losing opportunities to dive in, in unique places if we don't at least do a little bit of preparatory work when we're going to go uh, somewhere where there might be a diving opportunity. Now when I'm planning a trip, the first question I ask is, what uh, in the location that I'm going is there a place where I might I might have a dive opportunity? Is there a a, a beach, obviously, or a, a, a access to the ocean, or is there an interesting quarry or freshwater opportunity that I've never been to before? And and for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with some of those places, there are a tremendous number of freshwater diving opportunities throughout the country where uh, divers can get unique experiences that. Um, are definitely worth doing, and uh, remembering that salt water isn't the only water that we can dive in. A little bit of research can go a long way in in finding out what kind of of 
opportunities there are in the area. Google obviously is our friend. Uh, and to be fair, Dive Training Magazine has a, a, is a great resource for uh, dive uh, locations around the country, and they often, frequent, they often feature um, freshwater locations uh, that you might not have heard of. So I certainly recommend uh, taking a look at that. The next thing we have to talk about is, once we figured out where we're going, is uh, what gear to bring. And how much am I willing to carry on the plane or, or if I'm lucky enough to drive? So that's a huge distinction. Uh, first of all, if you're going to dive, uh, excuse me, if you're going to drive, uh, that gives you options that you might not have if you're going to fly. Uh, when I fly, I tend to, um, I used to take a lot of stuff. When I went to Australia in uh, 2002, I took a tremendous amount of gear. It was uh, very difficult to travel with, and um, I had a great time, but I did have to manage a lot more equipment than I would have preferred to. When I went to uh, even this most recent trip to Puerto Vallarta, the amount of gear we took was still, uh, it was certainly pared down from, from earlier trips, but still uh, was quite a lot to organize and coming back, coming back wet, it ended up being overweight and we had to do some rearranging right there at the, at the ticket counter. So that was a little bit unpleasant, probably more so for the people behind us than, than for us, but still, um, and I think that can be avoided if you're, if you're careful. So having said all that, road trips are very forgiving and you can take pretty much whatever you want. I mean, depending on the size of your car um, and assuming you're not uh, riding a bike. When I drive, I definitely take a lot more gear than when I, I go by, by uh, plane. We recently went to Blue Hole, New Mexico, uh, just a couple of, well, about four weeks ago now. And, um, you know, on that kind of trip, I will take uh, extra you know, everything, extra hood, extra gloves, extra tanks, extra O-rings, extra tools, just to make sure that, that uh, we, we get the opportunity to dive unless something very, very catastrophic breaks. And, uh, you know, extra gloves. And, and in, that in that case, you have, you have a chance to uh, not only save a dive for yourself, but you can save a dive for your buddy if you have you know, like an extra hood and they're getting cold or something like that. So I, I certainly recommend carrying uh, more gear when you drive if you, if you have it. Uh, when, when I fly, I'm trying very hard now to find a way to pare my, my kit down to, you know, what I would consider an absolute bare minimum. And when we did this trip to Puerto Vallarta, I thought that I had done that. Um, but as it turns out, I, I think I can actually do better this next time. And so I'm, I'm going to try to to even pare it down further. But I got down to my BC regulator computer and uh, a couple of spares, you know, one one little kit of O-rings and uh, and an Allen wrench set and a, uh, a Leatherman. And so it turns out uh, one of the things that if you're going to fly – I would be very careful about is taking knives, which of course the Leatherman has a knife on it. And, uh, but it was in my checked bags and that was no problem. What I didn't realize was that when I got to the, to the dive lo location, I was going to have to go to uh, the port to get the boat out to the, to the uh, island. And it turns out the port has security. So not having any idea what I was doing wrong, 
I threw my bag on the on the conveyor belt, and uh, sure enough, they said, "Hey, do you have a, a knife in here?" And I said, "Yes." And they were very understanding. They asked me to take it out, and I gave both my knife and my Allen wrench keys to uh, to the officer who gave them to the boat captain, who gave them back to me when I, when uh, I got on the boat. So it wasn't a big deal, but it could have been. And so that kind of points out uh, being careful and understanding the environment that you're going to go to and what precautions you might need to take or what you will be allowed to take uh, under those circumstances. The second day that we went uh, diving, I didn't even take the, the leather man. There was no reason to. Uh, everything was working fine, and it turned out the operators were well supplied. So I didn't have that concern. Now, as we all know, airlines are getting more and more difficult to fly on um, in terms of carrying uh, dive gear simply because the expense is getting higher and higher. There's even airlines now charging for carry-on, not to mention the charges for your standard uh, checked bags. So getting your kit down to the bare minimum is, is really important when we're flying. And when, when I'm looking at this now, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to have to check a bag. I don't think, uh, I haven't gotten to the point for where I can see uh, actually only having uh, carry-on and having enough dive gear in there. Uh, but we'll see what technological advances come. Maybe we can see that happen in the future. One of the options that we have that I think is very important to consider but I don't practice it myself, is to actually rent gear at the location where you're diving if the diving is not the primary purpose of the trip. Um, I don't subscribe to this right now, and I'd love to hear feedback from listeners about what do you guys think? Do you rent gear at the locations that you dive, or do you take your gear no matter what? Um, right now I fall into the I take my gear no matter what uh, category. But that means I'm carrying a lot of equipment that I may or may not need. So one of the things I, I'm going to test here in the next couple of days, and I, I haven't done it yet, but I'll report back on this uh, in a future episode or in the blog, and that is, uh, does, is it going to make more sense to take my plate and wing uh, instead of a full BC when I, go, when I travel? And I think it definitely will make sense in terms of size. I think my plate and wing will take up much less volume in my, tra in my travel bags than, uh, than my full BC does. Uh, the other thing I noticed is that my limiting factor, one of the limiting factors that I have is that my fins take up a tremendous amount of, of space. I have a, a pair of split, uh, split fins, and I love them, but they take up a lot of space. And if I... If I think about, can I do a dive with more modest fins for travel? Uh, that's something I'm going to be looking at as well. So for me, the lesson here is to really look at, at what is in our kits and what does it take to have a good dive. Not so much what does it take to have the, you know, to have all of my cool tech. Do I have, you know, that extra computer? Do I have every little jewelry, piece of dive jewelry hanging off of my BC? But breaking it down to what do I need underwater to have a great dive? Do I have a line cutter? Do I have my regulator? Do I have my computer? Do I have my fins? Do I have a mask? You know, and, and what more than that do I really need? And make sure that we have just what we need to do 
the kind of diving that we would have in the area that we're going. So that kind of wraps up the the uh, the things I wanted to talk about in terms of where I've what I've seen, what my experience has been when it comes to traveling and diving. So with that, we'll turn it over to the tip of the week. So I spent some time talking about about uh, some of the problems that I had for traveling and and traveling with my gear. And I came up with four things that I think have made my life a little easier when I travel. Now, topic number one, less is more. Pare down your kit. And I, I talked about this a little bit earlier in, in the episode, and I can't reemphasize it enough. Um, go through your kit a couple of times and pull out those things that uh, A, you've never used before, but you always take with you. You probably don't need it. Um, and, and, and just go through and try to find the stuff that you only need to take. Um, and one of the things that can really give you some peace of mind around this is to call the operator that you're going to be diving with or that you might be diving with and say, what facilities are on the boat? What facilities are in the shop? If I get to the shop and my regulator's not working, can I rent one? If I get to the boat and something goes wrong, what are our options? And make sure that you know what your options are. And then you can pare down your kit to the point where you say, okay, it's not likely that I'm going to have to call a dive because I'm taking what I need and they have uh, uh, options for me when I get there. And I've, I've traveled quite a bit. And honestly, I've never had a piece of kit break in my luggage. I've never had anything stolen. I've never had any problems like that. So uh, when it comes to traveling uh, by plane, I'm starting to pare down my kit more and more and more each time I go. So pare down your kit. Less is more when it comes to traveling and diving, especially when you're flying. Tip number two, be careful what you take. Um, Don't take uh, obviously knives, spear guns, don't go in your carry-on luggage, and tanks are very difficult to travel with uh, by air regardless, and, and most dive locations obviously have tanks and weights available. And that's another thing, weights, especially traveling by air, uh, taking weights is, is just an unnecessary uh, a pain. Tip number three, possibly get a travel BC or a plate and wing set up if, if that gives you some, uh, something lighter. I have a, a uh, fairly large BC uh, that I really like for training because it's got a good, good uh, air capacity and uh, provides a lot of lift. But uh, at the same time, it happens to be very large, takes up a lot of volume. Uh, it's not particularly heavy, but it does take up a lot of space in the bag. So travel BC or possibly a plate and wing setup. And like I said, I will look at my plate and wing and see if they're going to make sense for travel. And I'll get back to you on that. Tip number four, take it easy. Something unexpected is going to happen and everything's going to be okay. Um, when, when diving is not the point of a trip, um, I think it's really important to allow things to go to, to kind of go with the flow if and if you end up having to rent a, a regulator or or borrow a BC or use fins that you're not used to 
um, don't let that ruin the dive. And even, even in the worst case, if something happens and a dive has to get called, um, you know, relax, go to a museum or go lay on the beach and realize that there are worse things to be doing um, and there'll be another dive another day. So to wrap it up, the four tips that uh, uh, you can consider when you're, when you're going to travel and dive, less is more, pare down your kit. Tip number two, be really careful about what you're taking so you don't get caught up in customs or <laughs> at the port boat uh, at the port uh, security station. Number three, uh, look at getting a travel BC or a plate and wing set up. And number four, take it easy and enjoy your trip. Hey, I think I hear the Gear Junkies garage door opening. This week in the Gear Junkies garage, I want to talk a little bit about a magnetic hose clip. And you may have seen these in your local dive shop. And they consist of basically three parts. There's uh, two halves that fit over your hose and screw together with a magnet on one side. And then there's a clip that attaches to the BC with a magnet on that side or a piece of steel or something. But the, and the idea is that these magnets will uh, stay together and uh, keep the, the computer console or the uh, gauge console close to the BC instead of using a traditional hose clip, which may be harder to get the uh, gauge uh, in and out of so that you can see it easily. So um, first of all, the thing, uh, it's pretty easy to use. You just take the two halves apart and put them over the hose, thread them together real uh, nice and tight, and positioned so that the face of the console is the direction that you want it when um, it's attached to the BC and then you just clip the other half onto the BC. I put mine on the D-ring on the on the bottom left hand side of my BC and um, and then the magnet holds the the console right there while you're diving. What uh, out of the water you pull this thing out of the package and I'll tell you it feels like the magnet uh, could pick up a truck. It really feels strong. Um, when, uh, what I did find underwater though, was that, or let me correct that, not underwater. Well, I, f when I was gearing up, uh, I found that it didn't stay attached as, uh, effectively as I would have liked. And I think, uh, this first time it was operator error. I'm going to reposition the magnet on the hose closer to the gauge console for the future. So we'll see if that, that has a positive impact. Um, what I found was that uh, based on how far away I had put it, uh, which was fairly random, I didn't, I didn't do a whole lot of science behind this when I put it on, but I put it too far, I put it about six or eight inches back from the gauge console. And so what I'm going to do uh, this weekend before I go uh, diving on Saturday, I'm going to put it in uh, right up against the, the base of the console. And I think that will provide better results. And I'll definitely get back to you guys on, on that once I've done it. And I would expect it to work. What I did find is that underwater while I was diving, it worked fantastic. Um, now, my, my console is uh, a standard analog gauge set. And it isn't my primary information console. I have a wrist computer that I typically use. But I did check it periodically. 
uh, throughout the dive just to see how it performed and how easy it was to to get on and off. And and what I the the fact that the magnet was too far back on the hose did make it a little more difficult to get uh, to put it back when I was done uh, than I would have liked. But I, again, I don't think that was a fault of the of the product. I think that was just me putting it in the wrong place on the hose. And so we'll get that fixed this weekend, and I'll update you guys in the next dive cast. Um, other than that, uh, it worked really great, and I'm looking forward to using it a little bit more and getting a little more experience with it. Well, it's time to ascend from another under pressure dive cast. If you'd like to look at the show notes, they'll be at www.underpressuredive.blog.com/003. There you'll find some notes about the uh, this particular issue of the dive cast, as well as if you need one, a link to where you can purchase a magnetic hose clip. Um, I'm a big fan of buying at your local dive shop, so please check there first. Uh, dive shops need our support, and we need their support. And finally, on a technical note, I realized uh, as I was listening to them today, the intro and outro could use uh, a little re-recording. So in the next episode, hopefully we'll have uh, some fresh new intros and outros. And uh, speaking of outros, here we go. Thank you for listening today. I hope to see you on the reef. And between dives, I look forward to talking with you about scuba here and on the web. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, please visit the website at underpressuredive.blog.com and consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm Scuba Steve, and this has been the Under Pressure Divecast. The surface interval's over. Get out there and dive.